DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Nelson, Ute fan. He's got the line of the morning, PK. David Nelson? As a Utah fan, I'm fine with BYU silly. We're the Pac-12 South champs. It's not like they're going to tout being winless in the conference they're going into. What does that mean? Okay. They went 0 1 against Baylor. So 0 oh, 1 okay. against gotcha, the Big gotcha, 12. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but that's only 0 1. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's a good line out of David. But it, but the point being, if they beat Baylor, they were not going to tout themselves as the Big 12 champs because it was only. No, one they weren't, game. but they would have taken a lot of uh, encouragement. Now you can do your accent. Form of encouragement. <laughs> from, uh, from beating one of the. Top two teams and Baylor's in the conference title game. We beat a team that's in the conference right, title game. Right, but if you had to have one loss, BYU fans. They're glad it wasn't and, against a, yes. a Pac 12 team. And I can give you six teams to choose from. Which one you're choosing? You're choosing Baylor. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. It's time to bring in Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's given free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Riley, good morning. What's up, dudes? College football championship games, and we got two teams playing in them. Utes and the Ducks Friday night in Vegas. Your Aggies and the Aztecs Saturday afternoon in Carson. I'm curious which game, you know we're going to ask you to pick winners in both of them. Which game do you have more confidence in your pick? Where are you looking thinking, I really know what's going to go down in this game? Ooh, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I, so if, if, It's very if long, just, too. Just trusting my... <laughs> Trusting my gut or knowing exactly what I'm going to see, I feel like I, I feel like I can predict the Utah game a little bit easier than I can the Utah State San Diego State game. Um, there's just there's there's a couple of just unknowns with Utah State, depending on like you know how they play, how they throw the ball against this defense, and some of those sort of things. But I feel like. I feel like the Oregon-Utah game will not be a blowout like it was the first time. It's going to be a very close game, and it's going to come down to the discipline in the special teams and in the run game, which I, I still think that favors the Utes. But I think it will be a much closer uh, opportunity this, this, this Friday. Man, I disagree completely, Riley. That's okay. Which, Go I'm, ahead. which I'm prone to do. I, I, right. I don't, you're going to cite Blake Anderson interviews with us every week. He's told us what the weakness of his team is. Yeah, I think was... San Jose State's going to roll. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen with Oregon. Because I agree with you in that I'm sh- I would be shocked if it is such a one-sided domination either way. Uh, I mean, I was because I was shocked that it was such a one-sided domination two weeks ago in Rice-Eccles. So I don't predict that, but Oregon is a wild card to me. How do you beat Ohio State and lose to Stanford and then get destroyed and embarrassed by Utah? They're all over the map. Where I have to think that San Diego State has been really good all season. Okay, so look, here's the thing. 
all, now I just got to get this off my chest. Go ahead. Either either Blake Anderson is the best coach in the history of the Mountain West Conference because he only had four players named a first and second team, or Utah State got gypped on how many players should have been actually like you know in the All Conference conversation. And I think the hard part about this game, when when you're thinking about Utah State, is I think we're all thinking about them at the first of the year. I'm thinking about them against Wyoming. <laughs> With the exception of of the Wyoming game, which I can't. Which okay. is almost a bit like Oregon. They're a little bit of they're a little bit of a wild card, right? And so if they play well, and if they if they in every game this year, they have played very good football. And it's time for us to stop looking at them as like this little team with a nice little program up there. Because they're in this championship game for a reason. They're in this game for a reason. And they're not going to get rolled on Saturday. Ooh. I totally disagree with that. Well, I totally disagree Utah with that. is in the championship game for a reason, and San Diego State dominated them at the line of scrimmage. I can't yeah, get that past that. That was early in the year, though. That was early in the year. That was without the quarterback. In the second half of the game, when they had their quarterback, when Cam Rising came in, it was a much different story, and Utah was 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 still trying to figure out who they were at the first of the season. And I think, you know, if it was the first of the season, I would totally agree with you on San Diego State and Utah State. But my goodness, like, like when are we going to start looking at, at this team as a really good team? We all thought that Matt Wells had really good teams. They never won the Mountain West Mountain Division. They've never be- no. uh, well, actually won it once. one time. They won it one time, right? And 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 so you're you start talking about this team. What Blake Anderson has done has been absolutely unreal. Sure, They're it going has. To have a game plan for this game, and I don't think I don't think that San Diego State is that dominant. I know they're eleven and one. I know they're ranked in the top twenty-five. I know all those things. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I'm not saying I it's going to be a blowout. Well, I maybe, maybe I did. I said rolled. So I gotta, okay, okay roll. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. They were going to roll. <laughs> Come on. You got me fired up. You can't say I'm going to roll and then say, well, I didn't say they were going to roll. I backed off of that. I'm not perfect. Back down. There's only two people on the face of the earth who are perfect. John Stockton and we know the other guy. So, come on. (laughs) I backed off of that. All right? John Stockton. Yeah, ask my brother about that. But, come on. Will, Utah needed time to develop and... Utah State needed time to develop, but San Diego State was a finished product by the second game. I agree. <laughs> Maybe they're tired of being good. Maybe they're tired of being good. Come Maybe on. Tired of being Utah good. State won the division because they didn't have to play San Diego State in a regular season. And, okay. and Boise did. Come so on. That happened. Yeah. So that happened. But I, that's you taking know? nothing away. Blake Anderson, I thought he got gypped on You're the coach of the year. You're trying to take it away. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. He did. 
he, he totally – I mean, he must be the best coach ever. San Diego State has seven guys on the first team, and Utah State has four guys on first and second team. Give me a freaking break. What's going on with the Mountain West Conference? You know there's something going on there. They've never really accepted them. It's just like living in the state of Utah, being in the Mountain West Conference. They treat us like this nice little kid. They try and pat us on the forehead, and I'm freaking tired of it. I'm freaking tired of it. They're playing good football, and stop acting like this isn't a good team that's just going to get rolled by Suck Dog State. I'm pissed <laughs> off right now. That was unnecessarily personal. <laughs> but thank you for not bringing up Cal Poly SOL. I mean, seriously, like, are we just going to pat us on the head every time? You know, last time I checked, we strap it up and we play good football and we throw the ball around and nobody stopped Tompkins yet. Nobody stopped him. And I got a freaking six foot, 230 quarterback thrown for 3,200 yards and 32 touchdowns, and he can't get all conference. Give me a freaking break. He's a first a team all whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's the deal. You got me fired up, and I'm not trying to be personal, DJ, but come on, man. It's too late. Come on. It's too you late. It's very personal. It's very all personal. Right, Own it. Own it the way PK owned the role. My work here is done. I know, right? <laughs> so here's the deal. Your coach, the underrated and underappreciated Blake Anderson, comes on our show every week and at least three times, possibly four or five, said, if we can get people in space, we can do some things. But, paraphrasing, they do get pushed around. They're not big enough. Sometimes teams are just too physical for them. San Diego State has zero imagination on offense. They're going to hand off, then they're going to hand off, then they're going to hand off again. They're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to run some more. They're looking to push you around and bully you and impose their will upon you. And occasionally, just to mix it up, to remind people that the forward pass is legal, they will throw the ball. And then they'll go back to running it. So Blake yeah. Anderson is worried about it's like that. Playing Air Force, it's like playing a little, Air Force. Uh, actually, a little bit. Actually, a little bit. And so get the, ahead of them. The they game, got ahead of Air Force. They outscored Air Force. Right. They played really well against a team like that. Boise State was up by thirteen, and gave up twenty-four and answered and lost. So even that might not work. But Fresno State beat the Aztecs by throwing for over three hundred yards. You can throw the ball on the Aztecs. And perhaps the Aggie passing attack can match what San Diego State's going to do in the run game. But it's hard to believe San Diego State isn't going to run the ball. No, I, I, listen, I didn't, say, I didn't say that San Diego State wasn't going to win, but I, I really think Utah State will stand toe-to-toe with these guys. It's going to be a close game, and it'll be one of those games where at the end, either San Diego State scores a touchdown to go up 14 or Utah State comes through with like a three-point win on a last-second drive and wins this thing. But it's not going to be nearly – I mean, they're not going to get rolled. This, is, this team is good. They're not in this game because they're terrible. And you've let Blake Anderson week in and week out give you the big, biggest Lou Holtz impression, like we're not very good at this and we don't do that. And meanwhile, they're 9-3. and three. They're 9-3. and three. What are they? Like every single team is better than them. Right? <laughs> no. We never said that. No, nobody nobody believes New Mexico time. and New Mexico State and South Dakota State are better than Utah State. Just stop at that. And Vegas. Thank you. There were some gimmies built into that schedule. Now, 
As far as yeah, the Utes, as far as the Utes. At the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have said that to me. You wouldn't have said that. No, okay, fine. I'll give you that. The, wait a minute. At the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said Utah State is better than New Mexico State. I would, too, have said that. Okay, okay you so went New Mexico to one, though. UNLV. Okay, yeah, fine. You wouldn't have said but New Mexico or Why UNLV? not? I called one game last no. year. They won one game. They pushed New Mexico all over the field. New Mexico's terrible. You, you wouldn't have said they would have won the division. Not, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not just... I not thought six you, wins would have been a great year. I would have signed off on six and taken it. True. Not just you, but all of us thought like four wins would be about what we thought. Three wins would be like about what we thought. Yeah, now you're five or six. Yeah. It's a good team. So, no, five or six, you just said, would have been a good year. I'm talking about what we thought they would be compared yeah. to what they are now. They're much I, listen, better. We yeah, much better. Give yeah. credit. They're a good team, and they're yeah. going to play well this weekend. Okay, I'm still now, the going point with San Diego State. You, the point you brought up about the Utes, I think, is worth underlining here. That at the start of the year, that defensive line, which Kyle said, hey, they had an injury to an experienced guy. Actually, maybe they had more than one. I can't remember. But the point is he had to play young guys who weren't ready for the level of physicality. And they got pushed around by BYU, and they did get pushed around by San Diego State. And the offensive line was still blowing assignments and letting guys run untouched and unimpeded into the backfield. But that was then... This is now, is there any reason to think that the Oregon offensive line and defensive line are going to be much better than they were against the Ute O-line and D-line two weeks ago? Not to the point that you're giving up, you know, punt, punt returns and big plays and, you know, it's going to be over at halftime. Nobody's saying that. But if the Ute offensive line is better and the defensive line is better, at some point they will take control of the game and they will win it. So is there any reason to think the Utes are going to lose at the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think enough changes in two weeks. And I don't think – I don't think – I think that game two weeks ago sent a real message to Oregon that's going to make them feel like they have to play perfect to beat the Utes. And that's – that. you know, the, the closer you come to thinking that you have to play perfectly, the, the, the more it evades you, right? And so I think this team – I think that that did some psychological damage to Oregon. I think the game will be closer because I think they'll play better. I don't think they'll give up a special teams touchdown. I don't think they'll do some of those things, right? So it'll be a little closer. But I do think that the Utes wear them down at the line of scrimmage. And look, this is the time of year where we have to, where you have to consider those things. And that's why your argument about San Diego State is, as much as I was emotional about my Aggies, is very well taken that when you can win the line of scrimmage, when it comes to like conference championships, when you can win the conference, when, when it comes to like playoff type football or bowl game type football, I mean, those teams generally win. And, you know, and, and, and I just don't see what Oregon can do in two weeks to really change that. I mean, they can scheme some things, they can try some different things, but Morgan Scally is a very, very good defensive coordinator. He's going to have a couple of wrinkles for them that they're going to have to adjust to. And I just think offensively, the Utes are just, they're, they're really hard to stop with that run game. And then with Cam Rising, I think the most impressive thing about Cam Rising to me is this, this ability to just take what the defense gives him and not try to be something that he's not. Now, he is a lot of things. He's a quarterback that can throw. He's a quarterback that can run. But oftentimes when you have a quarterback that can run, he gets confused sometimes because he's trying to prove that he can run or he's trying to prove that he can pass. 
but he doesn't have that sort of an ego where he's like, well, I got to show people I can run or I got to show people that I can throw. He just says, oh, okay, there's no pressure here. I'm going to throw the ball downfield. Okay, there's a little bit of pressure here. I didn't get to my second read. I'm going to go ahead and beat you with my feet. And because of that natural flow, that organic quarterback play from him, I think he becomes tremendously difficult to stop. And I just don't see how Oregon's going to be able to stop him from moving the ball because he really just takes what the defense gives him. And you have to give up either the run or the pass with Cam Rising, and he'll take what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're giving him. And I, I just love the way he plays. I, I, it's like, you know, I, I, I think it was DJ. All year you've been saying that he has swagger, right? As PK, <laughs> but good. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure DJ all year has been saying that he has swagger. And so, anyway, somebody, one of you guys called it early in the year. He does. He has some swagger, and it's and it's a it's a non-ego swagger. It's like, hey, I'm I'm just out here to play football, and I I don't have to prove to you that I have a big arm. I don't have to prove to you that I can run. I'm just gonna throw it where you aren't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna run where you are, and I'm gonna win ball games for the University of Utah. And I, I really like the way he plays quarterback. Well said. I just view him as a playmaker, and whatever the play requires, seems like he's gonna do it. Are, and he, are you copying what what DJ said all year? Is it, uh, I don't understand. Was it you or was it DJ that said this? I think you're piling on the San Diego State guy right now, <laughs> and I don't mind it. <laughs> but you still have identified what's going on. Yes. I, I, I bought it for a second, I got to admit. But then when he went on, I realized what he was doing. And it was rather expert that he was doing. The guy's got a future in radio, that's for sure. And and a past, as it turns out. Yeah, a very good past. Yeah, he left on top. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I do think the Utes are going to win, but... I yep. can't figure out Oregon. I've been able to figure out the Utes. I didn't. I couldn't figure out why in the world they didn't go with Rising in the beginning. And I said it way before uh, he actually got the job. Uh, and I got one right. Good for me. So, uh, so why can't you figure out Oregon? Because they're all over the map. How do you lose to Stanford? And I realize that you know it was a close game, and and your coordinator wasn't there. Uh, but the, come on, Stanford but, is atrocious. It's the, it's the king. But this conference is the king of the one-offs. Why did the Utes lose to Oregon State? Why did the Ducks lose to Stanford? Because there's one unpredictable but I can't game every figure, year. But I can't. Doesn't mean I can figure it out. <sighs> Okay, but the but the Ohio and you State beat Ohio game State? because you because you can run the ball and you are a physical team. But and you that's couldn't run Ohio it against State's the Utes. Problem. And then Oregon State, oh Utah ran it big time against Oregon. Oregon State runs the ball really well, but Oregon State couldn't run it against Oregon last week. So I, they're all over the place for me. I can't get a handle on them. I don't think they're going to win, but I think we all think that it's going to be a much closer game. It almost has to be. There's so few games that are over at halftime. And that was one of the games that was over at halftime. Just like it was uh, maybe not as much when they played in the title game a couple years ago. Uh, the, the bottom line is I don't believe in Oregon's offense, so I'm going with Utah. Can we just... Like, listen, I love this argument, and I think this is great, but can we just take a minute to, like, think about how cool it will be if the University of Utah is playing in the Rose Bowl? If you, On Saturday morning, if you're a Utah fan and you wake up and you're trying to make plans for the Rose Bowl, what a, what a great feeling and what a great yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, well, if you're a Ute fan and you wake up and they win, the first thing you're going to do is look for some medication. <laughs> 
It's Vegas. If they win, there'll be some Ute fans barely going to bed when the sun goes to, comes up. It's a 24-hour town built for a 24-hour celebration. Oh, I'm going to go nuts. Again. Maybe they'll just stay up all night and then yeah. buy their tickets. The amount of ginger ale that I'm going to inhale. Oh. <laughs> I just think it's kind of a cool thing. I think it's a cool thing for the state of Utah. I mean, look, that will make, what, three of the four major bowls in, 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 in you know, in Utah's career. So that you got the Fiesta Bowl, you got the Sugar Bowl, if they go to the Rose Bowl. What do we have? Just an orange bowl and a playoff that's left? I mean, they're, they're knocking down pins. Yeah. They're knocking down pins. One by one. So, Riley, I, I as, as always, we cool appreciate thing. it. Thanks, man. I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. There's Riley Jensen bringing the passion. When we come back, Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach. He's coming up. Dylan Cauley, former BYU receiver at nine, but Kyle Whittingham is coming up next. Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet Holiday Sale in Draper next to Cowabunga Bay. 12101 Factory Outlet Drive. That's 121st South Factory Outlet Drive. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. I want to see BYU face somebody that is really going to put them to the challenge. Hell, throw them in the Rose Bowl with Utah. Let's go round two on this bad boy. Could you imagine? People are going to be so... Oh, I know. At Scotty G. No, don't give the Twitter account. <laughs> okay, obviously it's never going to happen. I just think it'd be funny for Utah fans finally get to the Rose Bowl and they look across the field and there's Kalani Sataki with a smile on his face like, yeah, we're here too, guys. <laughs> hey, did you see that parade? It was really cool. <laughs> did you see the gifts they gave us? This is incredible. Can you believe this payday? We're all going to be rich. Oh, you have to share your bowl purse? Oh, oh yeah, we get all of it. Okay. No, that, uh, I'm, that's I'm all I'm kidding. Scotty. I'm kidding. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by the head coach of the Utes, Kyle Whittingham. Headed back to the conference title game for the third time in four years. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. You know, the first time, I think congratulations would be in order because you're achieving something new and it's accomplishment, it's hard work, and you get there. But I'm wondering if you even want that the third time or the real prizes in front of you. Does it feel different the third time? Well, first of all, I'm proud of our guys for being able to uh, win the South, which is obviously the first step uh, to get into that championship game. And without that, you you, know, you can't do it. So so uh, I thought our guys did a great job this year of, of uh, fighting through uh, a lot of tough situations, and uh, you know we're we're there for the third time, as you mentioned, and and uh, we fell short the first two, and you know our goal from the onset this season has been the, was to win the Pac-12 title, and so now we've got an opportunity to do that, and so uh, you know we're, we're excited to be there, but the uh, you know we have unfinished business right now, and so our our objective obviously is to try to go get that trophy. Like what you said on Monday when you said that, uh, you know, maybe a bunch of plays in the first game a couple weeks back, and none of them mean squat going into this game, and obviously they don't, and we all expect Oregon to put on a better effort because clearly you guys just totally dominated them. 
I'm wondering, as you scout somebody in the regular season, you've got a whole body of work that you look for up until that point. Now, as you scout them again, what goes into it as far as what you're looking for? One of the things that impressed me the most was their run defense against Oregon State, which has a great running attack, because they basically shut it down. How do you scout them the second time? Yeah, well, first of all, there's not a lot of a change. Obviously, they've had, uh, you know, we put uh, our game and the Oregon State game into the uh, breakdown, whereas, you know, prior to that, we didn't, uh, you know, we just did the previous games of the season. So so there's not a lot of uh, change, and there won't be a lot of change on our part. I mean, you know, at this point in the year, you are uh, the team that you've been all season long, and, and uh, at this point, it's more of a, a subtle chess match, I guess you could say, you know, based on what we did in the first game, but based on what they did in the sec- in the first game, uh, what what modifications, what what tweaks, what minor changes are you going to make, uh, you know, based on the scheme you used the first time around, and so that's really the the key is just to have subtle changes, but uh, the nuts and bolts and the basic schematics uh, don't change much because, you know, that's just uh, a compilation of what you studied for uh, what eight nine game season, and so. Uh, but there will be changes, and, and uh, you know we'll see who's able to uh, you know make those changes uh, the best. We've seen it out of your team this year. We've seen it out of other teams this year, and, and in previous seasons where a team isn't good at something, and then they, they they figure it out and they get it. And going forward, it's just different. So I'm wondering, did Oregon figure something out in their passing game because they threw the ball a lot better against Oregon State? Or is that a one-off, the other team makes mistakes, you recognize them and capitalize on them, but it doesn't mean anything down the road? Well, their quarterback, Anthony Brown, had a terrific game against Oregon State. There's no doubt about it. He was 23-28, which is you know over 80%. He had a bunch of yards. I think it was 275 yards, uh, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. But, but he's been good all year long. I mean, you look at his completion percentage all year long, and it's near 65%, uh, 15-4 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Uh, so he's, he's done a nice job for him. He, he wasn't as sharp the night we played him, and a lot of that's due to you know Coach Scali's schemes and, and the disguises we used and things that we did to try to disrupt things. But but uh, they're a good football team. And, and uh, statistically, there's a lot of similarities offensively between the two teams. You know, our numbers are very similar as far as points per game, yards per game, uh, you know, both rush and throw. And so there's a lot of uh, common ground there. But, uh, you know, they just uh, happen to play exceptionally well against Oregon State. And, and uh, you know, that's what got them into this game. One of the things that really, really impresses me with Cam Rising, he's got a ton of poise and composure, and you're big on third-down conversions, get off the field, stay on the field, whichever side of the ball that you're uh, on, is his ability, like third and medium, third and long, where it looks like it's a passing play, he's back there, somehow he scrambles, he's not Mike Vick, Steve Young, but it's like first down almost all the time. He did it early in the Oregon game, might have been on the first drive twice to extend drives that end up in touchdowns. I've really been impressed with his ability to pick up that first down. As a coaching staff, how do you and Andy teach that? 
Well, first of all, the majority of it's just instinct and, and overall athletic ability. And, and Cam, I can tell you right now, is a lot faster than uh, than what people think. And and uh, he's a guy you saw him outrun the uh, the Thibodeau kid on the on the scramble you were talking about early in the game. And and he's done that all year long for us as far as moving the change in, in critical situations and and uh, making big first downs for us and, and getting out of jams. And and that's really what you you know a quarterback that can do that is invaluable. And that's you know you don't have to have a tr- a true dual threat quarterback, but if you've got a guy that can extend the play and, and, get, and has great pocket presence and can get himself out of, out of uh, situations and avoid sacks and turn those what would be a sack into a, a first down, I mean, that, that can make all the difference in the world in the game, and Cam's done that for us all season long, as you mentioned, and that, that's something that uh, is just in his skill set and when something that makes him a, an outstanding quarterback. Nick Ford had a hilarious bite earlier this year where he told us that when he first saw Cam run, he didn't realize how, how fast he was. What he realized was that he ran funny. And Nick said it much, much more entertaining than I just did, but it was hilarious the way he said it. And I'm curious, you know, there's some guys, you just see them and, and they look fast. But there are other guys who are fast, and I've actually heard other players say, I'm as fast as I need to be. That guy's not catching me. How do you, how do you judge that on film or in person and know you're getting that? Or how often are you surprised when you realize, wow, we wanted him and we recruited him and we still didn't know what we had? Yeah, well, first of all, there is a, oftentimes a difference between game speed and, and what a kid runs a 40-yard dash in. Some some guys just play faster than their 40-yard time, and that's that's a common, you know, whatever position you play. But uh, Cam, uh, you know, he doesn't look funny running to me. I mean, he looks pretty athletic, and, and uh, you know, he's got a, a great sense of... Uh, uh, angles, spatial awareness, I guess you could say, where he knows how to how to uh, just run and split color is the, is the term you use on offense. You don't run away from color, you split color when you're running the football, and, and he has that uh, ability to do that. And, and like I said, he's made, gosh, uh, at least a dozen and probably several more big first downs for us this year to keep drives alive. And, and uh, that's, uh, you know, you just don't want to, this day and age of football, you don't want a statue back there. You can't, you can't unless you're better in every other position, the other 10 positions, you better have a quarterback that can move around a little bit. One of the hallmarks, if not the hallmark of your program for so many years is consistency. We know exactly, all of us now, since we've listened to you all this time, we know what you're going to say to virtually every question and what your answer is going to be. And we know if somebody says, oh, it's a big game, are you going to do anything different? No! You practically shout at them. You know, we do the same thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've gotten it drilled in my head. You know, the uh, most important stat out of the final score is the turnover margin, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you're just a model of consistency for many, many years, and it's worked so well. Well, here's one thing that hasn't been consistent this year, and I can't figure it out, and that's your special teams. It's like it's been all over the map. Uh, what am I going to expect Friday night? <laughs> yeah, you're, well, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. We've had uh, some major breakdowns of special teams, and really with our coverage units. You know, it's been the kickoff coverage and the punt coverage. Uh, punt return has been rock solid all year long. In fact, I believe Britt has more yards amassed in the punt return game than anybody in the country. And uh, kickoff return, when we have uh, got returns underway, they've been pretty decent. Now, on kickoff return, with the rule being that you get the ball at the 25, it's really your starting position after kickoff 
that uh, that really matters, not uh, not your kickoff return average. And so our starting position after uh, you know one one team's kickoff to us is pretty good. It's it's uh, you know it's in the upper half of the of the uh, nation. And then uh, you look at the coverage units, and they've been uh, just abysmal. I mean, we've allowed three uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns, which is uh, you know I, I I don't think that's ever happened to us here. And then uh, three block punts, and so we've certainly had our struggles. Um, you know, we've worked hard at it, and, and I think our kickoff return or our kickoff coverage unit was making good progress since the uh, you know since we gave up the the early touchdowns and had gotten better each week until last week when we uh, let that one out the gate, and that one was actually covered pretty darn good. We had three guys that had a chance to tackle a guy, we just missed them all, missed the tackles, and and uh, he went the distance, and then punt. Uh, you know, we haven't punted a lot this year, which is a positive. We had we've probably punted less this year than we have in you know uh, many previous years, but but. But uh, we had some breakdowns in protection early on, and, and we weren't quite as quick getting the ball out as we needed to. And so we've uh, we've worked hard at that as well. But but you're right, you know, there really is, uh, you know, special teams has been a very inconsistent part of our game, and and where it's usually uh, a strength of ours just hasn't been the case this year. Well, coach, we appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for talking a little football, and good luck in the Pac-12 title game. Obviously, we will all be watching. Okay, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, join us here on the Zone Sports Network. The intriguing rematch with the Ducks twice in three weeks. I mean, to his point, what can you really change? You can scheme stuff a little differently, call different plays and all that, but you can't really change who you are this late in the year in a span of two weeks. Unless you're getting an injured player back or you're losing someone to injury. I think Oregon can change dramatically. How so? Just by playing better and executing better? Execute, as Tyler Huntley used to say. Yeah. Yeah, for Certainly sure. didn't match the energy level, but you're on the road and the Ute crowd is crazy and the team is pumped up. Oregon's not that bad. Agreed. I think Utah's that good. But I don't think Oregon's But Oregon that bad. brought a C or D game yeah. to the party. And the Utes brought... Brought their A game. Utes are kicking butt. So I have no doubt that they can do the same. I can't necessarily count on a punt return like that, but they didn't even need that in the final analysis. They didn't need that to win. No. Uh, so that was just to blow the thing was, open and end gravy, it before yeah, it was just a beautiful play that we'll remember forever by a kid who's uh, mighty might here, you know. If he was six one, it would be no big deal. <laughs> but the fact that he's such a small dude and he's a local kid and he's got the name and all that stuff, everybody loves him, uh, adds to it. So you got all those things going on. But I expect a much better performance from Oregon. If even if they do the same scheme, I still expect a much better performance. DJ PK, time to bring in Lisa. Lisa, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Where you been, Lisa? Well, you know, my heart is really softened towards the U. They've had a lot of tragedy, and I, I just can't get my heart in it to troll them. As a matter of <laughs> fact, you. I was working, and um, this nice older gentleman and brand-new Utah swag came in, and he asked me a question, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't answer you fans. And then we ended up having a really nice conversation. As he left, I go, go Utes. And my friend looked over at me, and she said, did you really say that? I go, yeah, I feel like I need to hack up a hairball. (laughs) But um, 
Anyway, <laughs> I've been watching because Youth Band's new thing is, well, we beat Arizona by this much, and we beat you know everybody you know this much, and blah blah blah. And you know people keep saying, yeah, well, you missed one, and it's twenty six seventeen. And here's what I have to say to that. <clears throat> so I am coming back a little bit. What Youth Band forgets is the nine-year streak that BYU had against them before they had their streak. So there is that. And there's only one team that has a natty. There's only (laughs) one team that has a Heisman Trophy winner. And there's only one team that has two former quarterbacks that are Super Bowl winners. Boom, drop the mic. All right, Lisa, thanks for stirring the pot. You're the best. Boom, (laughs) drop the mic. (laughs) You have a great day. You too. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up in 15 minutes right here on The Zone. For Kyle Whittingham and the Utes, it all comes down to this. It's the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas as the Utes look to claim their first ever Pac-12 title. The Zone Sports Network will be in Las Vegas with nonstop blow-out-the-budget coverage of the Utes as they battle Oregon for a spot in the Rose Bowl. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Pac-12 championship game is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Caller 12 right now wins two tickets to Dirty Honey and Mammoth WVH at the Complex on February 21st, 2022. Don't miss your chance to see Wolfgang Van Halen in this up-close and personal environment. Tickets are available at access.com, AXS.com. And this event is brought to you by Live Nation. That's Wolfie to you. Wolfie! That's what Valerie calls him. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up next. Just heard from Kyle Whittingham. As his youths get ready for the Oregon Ducks, BYU waiting for a bowl assignment, possibly lobbying behind the scenes, trading in the Independence Bowl for a trip to Arizona. And we heard an impassioned defense of the Aggies as they prepare for the Aztecs in the Mountain West Conference championship game from Riley Jensen. Once upon a time, the Aggie end of the bleachers. Now in a more prominent role here on The Zone. So... All this football, PK. What would you like to share with the people in the two brief moments we have amidst all these guests? And let's not forget Lisa dropping the mic. Yeah. Already getting feedback on that. <laughs> we usually do with her. Lisa needs to get a life. <laughs> no, she's Lisa a fan. needs Come to on. move on. Come on. She's a fan. Get out of she town. She spends her whole life comparing the two ga- teams. Well, Again, yeah. What's the point? And fi- well, yeah, but now is, now is the point. You got your butt kicked for a decade. <laughs> if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Now would be a good time. Yes, you've waited a long, long time. And we were just talking about this off the air, that it really is amazing, the transformation from just a couple of years ago. And there were some scars there. And Kalani has some scars. And to what degree he's going to hold those scars accountable or hold those scars in making decisions, if he should make them, I don't know the answer to that. But I know they're there, and I know they're real. And they're absolutely real, because he took a lot of crap from people around BYU when they were 4-9, and, and then the two 7-6s, and they looked like they were extremely mediocre. And then the last two seasons have just been absolutely remarkable. 
There's no question about it. 100% remarkable. And he's on top of the world now, and he deserves to be. And those guys on that staff deserve to be because they took a lot of crap and some crap that he had to take that uh, maybe so well, certainly was over the line and certainly would have been uh, directed toward somebody else if they looked differently. We'll leave it at that. So it is incredible what has happened. Utah just continues to roll along. And what Blake Anderson's done is incredible. Their, their season already is incredible. I, I have a little bit of a feeling for the Aggies of happy to be there because their season already is incredible. One and it's, seven. It's done. One and seven to nine and three. Yeah. Nothing Nothing can wreck it. It can't. It's, at this point, it's how much frosting you're going to put on the kids. Unless it's 52 to nothing or something. Uh, but, you know, the Aztecs don't normally put it on you like that. They run the ball. The games are too short. Right, right. Exactly. We know, how, we know their style of play. And so uh, they've already achieved well beyond. And so, you know, a little bit of happy to be there type of stuff. And Hoke wants to win so he can get the crap out of there and get a P5 job. <laughs> well, he left last time after two years. Maybe he can do it again. Well, yeah, I mean, it's such musical chairs if you have any level. This is like an NFL quarterback. If you get one dude who's standing around the sidelines and then throws for 300 yards in one game, boom, everybody wants him. Because you know? <laughs> there's so few of them and everyone's yeah. desperately seeking. Yeah, if you, seriously, backwards. if you're a backup and you get, you get a six or eight game run and go 500, you yeah. can get a new deal. Yeah, if the timing's right with your contract, I mean, actually, ask our afternoon host Scott Mitchell. He got his chance. Marino went down in Achilles. He had a good run and got a deal in Detroit. Great, but there's like you said, there's not enough quarterbacks for all the teams. So if you show a hint in college or somewhere else in the pros, someone's going to make a run at you. Yeah, and if Hoke puts together uh, but, I mean, another good season next year, like this one, you know, on. and, and I get in the moment everything's the biggest thing ever. But you step back, and don't you see like a bunch of... It, it is a huge turnaround from BYU from where they were in 2017, right? They were 4-9. and nine. But they were 9-4 and four the year before, 7-6 and six the year after. They played four quarterbacks that year. They replaced the whole offensive staff. You start three quarterbacks and you play four. Nobody cares. Those are details. <laughs> Pretty important details. Okay, but I, there's no way I would tell you they would go, uh, what are they, uh, 22, a, 21 and 3, I, whatever I, it is? We rarely pick teams to do stuff like that, so you're right. To have two years like this. But yet, if the Utes would have done it, I wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Uh, bat an eyelash? No. Come on. No. No. No, I would not. We, you would have said this is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. phenomenal run. But I wouldn't. It, that's two different things. Well, I now that have, Kyle's averaged nine wins since 2015 or whatever it is. Yeah. It's not that big a step. No. I mean, 4 to 11 and then 10. Yeah. But there's no way I would have thought BYU, maybe last year under the circumstances, because the schedule was softer. It turns out they weren't winning because the schedule was softer. And now... Winning because they had NFL guys. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Kalani just went back to the stats in a press conference. I don't know when it was. It was in the last two weeks. Five guys drafted, eight guys going into camps as free agents. That's a lot of good football players. Right, and now you're telling me that uh, it, it is, uh, it's certainly not schedule-related this year. Come on. This is a phenomenal level of achievement, and it needs to be recognized as such. BYU right now is in the best spot they have been since John Beck to Max Hall in the Mountain West. 
And it's a better spot than then. Yes, I was going to say. But that was the mo- so most it's really recent the, good spot. That's the most recent good spot. But yeah. the last time they were in this good a spot... I don't know that they ever were. They had a quarterback factory going in the 80s. But everything has changed so dramatically back True then. True story. The sport is very different. There's no doubt about that. And they're concerned. They're concerned about the adjustment. And I have been told, if we have to make this adjustment with these resources, these limited resources, that's a major concern. Now, that's from people in the program, man. I'm just telling you what they tell me. Believe it. Don't believe it. I don't care. Okay, but we know that there are people on multiple people on that staff who know intimately what the youths went through when they tried to make the adjustment. So it's not like they're guessing. They've literally done this. And it's deja vu. Because the outgoing staff in 2015-16 said the same thing. How are we supposed to compete with this little of resources? At the Vegas Bowl itself, in their last moments... They were telling me that on the field there at the end of that ball game. It's real. DJ and PK, when we come back, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joins us next. Where should the Cougars go bowling? How much should they be lobbying? And Dylan, his picks for the conference championship games. We'll talk with him next. Stay with us.